0: Anyway, Chuck, thanks for coming, bro. Thanks for having me. I brought you here to figure this thing out, okay? Oh, yeah, you got some questions? Uh, Since you're such a big thing in coffee, I just kind of want to get everybody's vibe on what does sustainability mean, not even necessarily for us as an organization, but individual hot takes on what is sustainability, what do you think sustainability is, and what should people be looking at in terms of, ah, geez, um. People throw around that word a lot and nobody really knows what it means.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna give like my angle on sustainability, which is maybe like which is more like the sustainable like livelihoods of producers we work with. I mean there's obviously like the environmental sustainability, which is maybe a bigger question I mean, we, we can get into as well. But sure something i don't know a part of it that that i'm really passionate about is actually like the producers' livelihood sustainability and then when we buy coffee that's something that you know i want to be more and more intentional about as we have the like you know as we have the time and energy and everything to continue to build on like that side of the sustainability program that we have
0: so when we're talking about livelihood what is that what does that mean If we're saying sustainable livelihood for coffee producers that we're buying coffee from.
1: Yeah, to me, it's almost like that their farm is almost uh, a business or a livelihood in the same way that like Cat and Cloud is our business and our livelihood. And like, how sustainable is that business for those producers over time?
0: So, year after year, they're producing coffee and it's something that they're managing in a way that makes sense where they can continue. Almost infinite game type shit, right? Yeah. Where okay, I'm fucked up right now. Give me an example of what wouldn't be sustainable. Yeah.
2: So
1: what wouldn't be sustainable is when I, because because for me it strikes at like the heart of like when I started in coffee and I started working in Ethiopia in, in 2010 with Technoserve and and the the program that we we're working on there. And what isn't sustainable is for smallholder producers to. Not know the value of their coffee, not really know their cost of production, and it's just uh, a crop that they produce. That then someone shows up at their gate, tells them what they'll pay, for, what tells them what price they'll pay for the producer's coffee. The producer doesn't have any other options. Sells their coffee for that price and receives very little relative to say their their cost of production or anything that's gonna help their family live like a better lifestyle They live, live a better life educate their kids have health have in money for health care or anything like that
0: so you have n- little knowledge of what you're actually growing and no power in the negotiation of how do I get x price for it exactly is that is that one of the things where they don't know what they have in that kind of a situation. Well,
1: and I wouldn't even put it all on them. It's like it's they're in a position where maybe they don't have a partner who's going to really be a partner with them, mm-hmm. and they're uh, and they're maybe more at risk of being like taken advantage of because there's no other system to really partner with and like and build a sustainable future.
0: So you have either maybe you get r- relatively little money for your coffee because of the lack of a partnership or infrastructure, or maybe you have some pseudo partners where you have almost kind of fair weather friends, you know, we're with you when it's good and then maybe not when it's not so good. Yeah. Cause that's something that always struck me in companies marketing when they're talking about how they buy coffee, there's this coexistence of, we always buy on relationships, and we always buy on quality, but both of those things can't always be true all the time
1: hundred percent
0: okay all right cool and then where does where does the responsibility of a partner like ours so we partner with certain people um, and there's different levels right there's some there's some farms and producers that we would consider partners, and then there's you can correct me if i 'm wrong there's some Uh, producers and farms that we have more of a a business-type relationship with. Mm -hmm. You know, we definitely buy coffees. Not all coffees that we buy are from people who we know as well as, like, Wilson Morales or or Damian Chavez, right? So there's different levels. Where does our responsibility begin and end as a partner or a coffee purchasing, uh, the other end of the business transaction?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, where I'd I'd like it to be is that we – are buying coffee at a place that is respecting like the producer's right to like a sustainable business and I guess there's always like two parts of it right it's like the the producer you know looking at like their farm as a business or their coffee crop as a business it's like they have costs and inputs that they're putting in to produce a certain level of quality um so let's let's just throw out like a theoretical example like say uh Nariño, Colombia. Uh say the average cost of production, you know, for for the producers in an area there is around like a dollar a dollar 20, you know, a dollar 25 something like that. Um <clears throat> so our responsible like from my point of view it's like our responsibility is to pay a price in line with quality that creates like a sustainable livelihood for them it's it's like uh sustainable for us and creates like a partnership that's like a win-win for both of us over time
0: and then what do you do and we don't have to look at this just in the confines of our company we can talk about dream scope like what the ideal situation might be what do you do when you start a relationship like that you're paying on quality and then quality dips for a year how does that work
1: yeah, I mean, I think building in flexibility into your business um, is something that we've done in order to kind of help buffet those relationships because things aren't going to be perfect all the time. Um, and that go- that'll go into like a different a different kind of project I would want to talk about where you know you're able to buy, you're essentially able to provide. A marketplace for people who normally sell their coffee into the C market, but like who are you know who are producing who are producing like eighty four you know some of that like uh, blend range coffee eighty four eighty five but they don't have buyers they're just selling it into the C market it's like I'd love to create a way where we're uh, you know paying like a good sustainable price. For those coffees and moving them out of the sea market and into like into a place where they can treat their farm as a business and create like a more sustainable situation for them so i don't know if i kind tangented of tangented your question a, a Mini
0: tangent. so we'll, we'll pull it back in so let's say we're in nariño again uh cost of production what you said 120 w- w- yeah 120, was that sea market or cost of production i can't remember what you said it was post, cost, cost production. of production yeah, yeah. Just, okay. So let's say we enter in a a relationship where we're buying based on quality. How, how does that, where's the blurred line between buying it no matter what? Let's say we buy it for two years in a row and then quality dips and it's not even a quality that we would want to put on our menu in in your version or this version of sustainability that we're talking about is the onus on us to keep buying the coffee or is it on the farm to find another place to sell that coffee? Cause that's kind of more of yeah. what a tradition that's more akin to our business. If we're looking at it simply as a business tour, it's okay. We sell to different people. Maybe we sell to different wholesale uh, providers uh, and then maybe one of them drops off and it's on us to kind of get new business on us to figure out what we can do to, to make that money happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like for sure there, there's there's both sides of it too because on one end it's like I'd still want to take that coffee as long as right in the in usually in like an agreement that you're going to have with someone, it, it still has to be perhaps coffee that, I don't know, as a small company, I think as you get bigger, you have maybe bigger latitude to bring coffee in, maybe you could decaffeinate it, uh, like do some other things with it maybe you're just agreeing to buy it and write it off as a loss like um as a bigger company i don't think we're quite there yet but i think um but oftentimes as well you're working with an exporter and that partner to where um maybe they're able to repurpose parts of it and pay um and still pay kind of what's a sustainable wage it might not be as much as like we were going to pay but they're able to kind of like uh you know we see this with some of the people that we work with where they're able to kind of like move pieces around for us and get us what we need while still
0: getting the producer what they need. And then at what point does a system go from kind of buffering the cost or, like I said, a bigger company might be able to, you know, still purchase the coffee at above what it's worth, but not as much as it was when it was really, really popping when does that turn away from being sustainability and turn into something that's more like charity where it's like we're just going to buy your coffee no matter what more than it's worth where does that line get drawn and again i'm not saying for us i'm just yeah. saying kind of i'm kind of asking you a lot of hard questions right now no
1: it's good i mean i think it it again goes back to what kind of partnership you have with the producer and and what kind of you know what kind of situation you want to set up for them longer term because there's also the other side of it when you know say this is something where you're buying you know 84 85 coffees and say this in you know we've seen the last couple of years the sea market uh you know trend lower uh, you know a lot of because of what Brazil is going through and how much coffee they're producing and that affects the whole market but in a situation where in 2010 the sea market when I was in Ethiopia the sea market got to like 325 like I'm sure you guys remember mm-hmm. like that time as well and you in Ethiopia, a lot of that's a really hard situation for producers and roasters alike because the producers don't want to necessarily honor their contracts because but they maybe wrote it
0: like two dollars yeah, or something.
1: Totally. That so we had a lot of farmers default on the contracts to like Pizza Pete and Starbucks were like big supporters of the program and they were paying yeah, yeah, in like two two fifty two twenty five, two fifty, like long term con like long term fixed contracts and the c price was 325 and the and the producers did it. it's like no fault to them it's like they're seeing their neighbors you know just sell their coffee into the market at 325 and they have these contracts at 225 and they just didn't deliver to the co-ops you know they delivered somewhere else instead and received a higher price so you know it's like you see that on one side and then you see on the other side um you know where you, you don't where uh, I never think really like charity is like a great part of like a partnership agreement, but it's like, yeah, I think it's all depends on like how you're going to draw it up in the beginning. And I think it, it's been tough. Cause I don't think we've seen since 2010, we haven't really seen a situation where the sea market has risen that high to like, uh, I, to see like a true partnership. It'd be really interesting to experience both of those situations to experience like a really low, C price and where you're still where you as the buyer are still willing to pay you know what you know two two fifty or whatever mm. you want to pay, and then to see a three dollar plus c market and like are people delivering and how are you handling that situation
0: so almost what you're saying and this is maybe the wrong word, but it's both sides are suffering at some point in time in terms of sometimes we will overpay not us but the in yeah. like Roasters will overpay for lower quality in good faith based on the partnership that partnership that's established and how it worked out. And then the other side of that is maybe sometimes the producers will get underpaid if the C market spikes. Like what's your what's the ideal situation there? You know, when when the market spikes, if it spikes again, and we have contracts that are out for 250. And be yeah. like, fuck you! And, I and get you know, three and in a quarter. This is
1: like, I'd love where we could. I'd love to take our program more in this direction. I mean, like Jared, I've had talks with this. It's like, I'd love. I'd really love to work with producers and and find that price. That removes them from the volatility of removes their family and their life from the volatility of the sea market, because that's like a really fucked up thing in this industry. Is like we have a whole group of people and partners, and their whole livelihoods are dependent on this market that is incredibly volatile and goes up and down to where they they don't know what the the prices that they're going to be selling their coffee for next year. Like that'd be like for all of us that own cafes. Like if we didn't know what the price of a latte was that we were going to sell a year from now like how could we manage our business how could we hire how could we make any decisions and it's like so really where I would like to go and I I don't think a lot of businesses particularly smaller businesses are doing this right now is to find a price that we that we feel is fair for the quality that the producer feels feels is fair for the quality and create some of those like longer time longer term fixed price contracts where if the producer's cost of production is a hundred a dollar fifty or something like that and we're paying 250 it's like if that's what a sustainable uh you know whatever we determine like a sustainable return like if they're making like twenty percent of return on their business and that's gonna help them plan for their kids future uh, you know cover the cost of life like if that's gonna Give them a stable lifestyle and remove it from like the volatility of the sea market and that's a price that works for us from a cost point of view it's like that's where i think the magic could be because you're you're removing this like source of stress and anxiety and volatility from everyone's life
0: the cat and cloud podcast is sponsored by steeped coffee steeped coffee is new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine, you don't have to make a mess no matter where you are, all you have to do is add hot water. Each steep pack is individually sealed in nitrogen flush so it stays fresh and it's got this special immersion filter and the filter is ultrasonic sealed which means it's sealed together with no glue, no staples, so there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee steeped is a benefit b corp they ethically source all their coffee their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise you can get your hands on steeped coffee at SteepedCoffee.com. that's s t e e p e d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roaster reach out and get in touch if you happen to be in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry and make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned pre-ground innovation so tell all your friends I wonder because we were having this conversation before and we got stuck at this sticking point of, um, you know, removing the volatility, but also allowing them to move up in quality and improve their position. And I wonder if you write it like a sports contract, mm-hmm. like, OK, cool, we got a four year deal. And then at the end of this four years, we can renegotiate based on what you're doing. And if someone levels up, it's like, hey, man, you've been paying me 250. We've done this, this, that. I could sell this coffee for three twenty five all day, yeah, like let's go let's let's do it again, and based on my performance, I'm actually going to ask for three fifty, yeah, because I know I'm going to be making improvements in the next couple years, and are you willing to to bet on me as as a partner on the other side of the world?
1: yeah, I like that analogy, right, and it's like yeah, I, yeah, I like it because it gives everybody the incentives to like move in the direction that is best for them. And, you know, even if we were buying that coffee for like a specific product and it didn't and it just wasn't feasible for us to pay up for that. It's like because they've improved and done that, it's like someone else just like, you know, if it's like a professional basketball player or something like that, somebody else is going to see what they're doing. And another us is going to be like, cool. Yeah, I I totally want that for my for this product that I have. I can pay that. Cool. And it's Mm -hmm. like they graduate yeah Yeah. they graduate it's creating like a better marketplace for everyone
2: i mean the challenge is it's it's a cultural shift so it's, it's almost like we have to put together a presentation and start delivering it at places and have people liaison not liaison almost uh vouch for us yeah if if we're not already established so in a place like honduras like we could do this we just have to write it plan it make it so but everywhere else it's like cool another whatever white farmers come or what white buyers yeah. come in like are they really going to honor this is this real or should i should i say yes for now and then do whatever i want to do and so there's there's going to be i agree we should do this we should figure it out but yeah that, because, that's going to be the challenge
1: because it's happened it, it already you know because we do it already and it happens for uh like single origin coffees right yeah. where we're you know paying a price for quality with like benhamin or something year in and year out yep. and if it's a little bit better you know we have the flexibility product to like pay more but i think really the opportunity is in like blender coffee Mm -hmm. and working with farmers like you said that's that is the challenge is because their whole lives they're they've been like conditioned Mm -hmm. to navigate their lives around the sea market yeah you know and 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 the boom times are good and it feels really good and the bus times they're like struggling to try to Mm-hmm. hustle and find Multiple the jobs. best deal they can mm-hmm. and that's like become the lifestyle that they've had to live because of like the market mechanism that the sea market is and yeah if, and
0: if you've never had a really deep relationship like we have with some of the The uh, higher end coffees that we buy, you know, like you said, you're talking about blender coffees. Trust is not at a premium, no, No. right? So, and it never has been. Yeah, even if you come in and you're saying, "Hey, we're going to give you this for this for five years," they're like, "Okay, yeah, sure." Like, I don't fucking know who you are. Like, who are you? Yeah, I just met you. Yeah, and that's where
1: you know, trying to trying to establish those relationships with those intermediaries, like a Benhamin or like Azahar Coffee Mm -hmm. in Colombia. That we started working with last year, um, that has like a, a similar mission. Um, they're doing really great work. It's like that's where having that intermediary in country, I think, could go a long way. But even with that, it's still like you said, a really hard.
2: Well, once you prove it, I don't think it uh, it necessarily will very, be as hard. A really hard. different. Yeah, you have, it's almost like you have to get that proof of concept off the off the ground somewhere, and then you can take that model and show hey this is what we've been doing over here and we're gonna do it here and we've been doing it for this long and it's worked and check this it's yeah. almost like it show that graph right it's like okay here's the sea market <laughs> here's you sea <laughs> yeah. markets here yeah it came up here but you get a little bumpy bonus because it went up and you you'll go up a little you might not go up all the way yeah you'll go up a little but here's you every other year you could be here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're there dude <laughs> and you then you got to get a voucher and then yeah, we got to okay. keep showing up and we got to give them a graduation program of yeah. sorts, right? Like how do you step up and out and what does that look like? Uh, which seems the easiest to do in some places. Like it Congress. does, but maybe
1: it takes more coordination among roasters, right? Among mm-hmm. buyers, which do like props to you, Jared, like you with like Wilson's Coffee and you've almost oh, created yeah. like a consortium I did. of people <laughs> as he's outgr- as he's outgrown us. Right. like Realistically, like you've you've kind of created this like group of like uh like-minded values driven companies that can buy his coffee as well
2: so really what we could do theoretically is talk to those people and maybe start like a bigger thing also and be like hey do you want to do blender coffee from this country here's a program i want to start and that actually just off the top is a pretty feasible way to get you know, you sh- you say that four companies enter on this, then it means more people more come more, pounds. Yeah, more pounds, more pounds out, volume, more incentive for more people to join, which again
1: will show other people in the community that it works, because that's what you have to do is like mm-hmm. you actually have to show. It's like show me, right? Right? It's like what you're saying is all good, but I'll believe it when I see it.
2: Yeah, you know, and well, and then it also allows for Ben to keep on his mission, which he's he's trying to help people to see the specialty is the way, so they want to continue to up their their quality and put yeah. in the money the ones that do and they want to graduate this can be a stopping point on the way and then both parties can continue to grow together yeah because i mean because
1: again it's like we I'm all in specialty it's like we all love to like tout these like top 10 percent world coffees that taste really amazing and all this stuff but it's like that's not 90 percent of of coffee producers realities right no. it's like you know, ninety percent of the coffee that's produced is commercial grade and
0: it's also not even the bulk of what specialty coffee companies sell. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, most people the coffees that they highly tout advertise and wave in front of everybody's faces, that's not what's paying rent at the end no. of the day. Nope, that's just what's showing up in competitions. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's not what goes into your latte every day. No. Or your cappuccino.
0: Yeah. And that's But it does go into right.
2: some of our single origin one pena. <laughs> <laughs> Hey-o. hey someone
0: showed up to play
1: <laughs> In your A game today.
0: so when we're talking about sustainability we're talking about giving people the opportunity to run and build businesses of their own <clears throat> do yeah. it with partners that able enabled him to rinse and repeat the process over time.
1: And I feel like as we talk about it, it's like I think that <laughs> ties into environmental sustainability as well. Like if we want to talk about that as well, because I think they both work together, and you can't exclusively have one without the other. Sure.
0: I mean, is coffee even environmentally sustainable? Like, washed coffee is kind of a shit show,
1: right? I mean, but you see uh, places of places that stand out like Costa
2: Rica,
0: where they don't they, even have washed coffee.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Where they've restricted you the use that?
2: of water. That's what I'm saying. If it's a bag, thing. Yeah. If yeah. the bag says wash coffee, they're lying to you. It's white Whoa, money. Shit. <laughs> Stop telling everybody you got washed clo- Costa Rican coffee. It's not true. Yeah, it might
0: be close, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not really washed. light, light, washed. light, light on there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right? Because right, and that that's kind of the direction they're going and then you see. Um, uh, you know, like uh, again in Ethiopia, the program I was working on is like they brought in these like uh really well. I guess they try to bring in these like eco-friendly depulpers and washing systems where they're using you know ninety percent less water than is the average ones. Yeah, the mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah. like Panagos ones from Brazil.
0: Uh, I think oh, they're from uh, Colombia. Colombia,
1: yep. And then to also then like recycle the water, um, you know. It, and to um, right so I I feel like there are some things around water that you can do particularly in like more arid places to reduce water using recycle the water you're using repurpose the water you're using so yeah I feel like on the water front I feel like people are making strides toward creating more sustainable like more sustainable farms than maybe they were in the past be more intention around it
0: yeah all right, all right, all right. This is helpful, this
2: is helpful, this is helpful. What do you need to know?
0: I don't need to know anything. I basically need to... This is kind of where I'm, what I'm... I'm just trying to get a baseline. So if yeah. the eco trend is going on all over the place, right? Everyone has some sort of eco thing, whether it's packaging, fabrics, the story about where the product comes from, recycling, whatever. And I'm trying to push past... What's actually eco versus what is just performative bullshit that seems like it's eco but is actually not? We had this conversation the other day about biodegradable bags. What's better, Mm -hmm. recyclable, biodegradable? It seems like biodegradable would be better, but it's actually not. But uh, according to our research, it's actually worse and it's better (laughs) to go straight recyclable for now. I don't know if you guys can hear the dying moose outside, but it's a real (laughs) fucking thing. I oh, just want to be able to, to talk about what our version of sustainability is and get it from all sides. Because when I look at our company and I think about sustainability, I, m- most of my work, I feel, is rooted here in Santa Cruz or at least in the United States. And I think about sustainability in the same way you do, but just kind of stateside. To where I'm yeah. looking at our business and not just strictly from the numbers side of things, but like from a business owner's point of view – what's going to make this sustainable outside of how much money we need to make to live here which is you know that's a known factor you have to make x amount of money to be able to pay rent the answer in, is in, way more than we can in any <laughs> given place <laughs> in case you're wondering which hopefully that goes up yeah um you know cuz we're us. not we buying houses it. or anything like that right now but <sighs> thinking about blurring the line or not, not it, like taking this conversation of sustainability and having it in in the context of what does it look like to to do your best work every day, kind of like this mental health thing. Yeah. Like we had a conversation just an hour ago that puts almost all of us at any point in time on the verge of complete roasted burnout. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need to look at sustainability, That's not Sustainable. not only in what are we bringing in, but how are we treating ourselves? How, how is work structured for the people that work here to where you can have this coexistence of one, there's a job to do and we need to work really fucking hard. And that's good because every time we work really fucking hard, we get rewarded for that hard work. Right. Like the three of us – would never be comfortable just calling it in you know no. we like that pressure mm-hmm. we need a little bit of that pressure to make it work and where does that end to where we're just like dude i'm fucking can't even think about anything right now like yeah. i just i'm so overwhelmed that i just want to stay in bed yeah. <laughs> like every time i go to sleep i think about 38 things that i need to fix and i can't sleep at all and i'm just up all night at three in the morning eating peanut butter i
2: mean that's what sucks about sustainability <sighs> in general is you can consistently fall down farther in this rabbit hole until you find yourself overwhelmed. And so I, what I've done is I just go back mentally and I make it as simple as possible with our value of like, is it just better for something for and then cause that's the thing is you're right. Like the one thing triggers, another thing triggers, another thing triggers, another thing you know, like, well, actually now it's not sustainable because of the jet fuel it uses to do whatever you were said the other day as like an example. Yeah. And that was, it's like a, a true example and it's like, fuck Every single thing you're going to find that dead end somewhere that's going to make you go, fuck, that's not as awesome as I wanted it to be. And so while ignorance isn't bliss, is it just a little bit better for something than it was before? And and that's all I'm going to be able to live with because I can't go there.
1: For sure. Like the things we're doing all across the industry are better than they were 10, 20 years ago. Sure. Right. It's like all the cups are moving toward compostable like even the plastic cups mm-hmm. are made out of you know ma- made to be compostable like thank god we have those
2: those straws that aren't paper paper straws. Paper. Like, fuck paper straws <laughs>
1: straw but it is right like you don't straws don't like that you don't like the I hate straw it. to disintegrate like, literally, in your mouth well, it feels it like you're sucking the, on
2: cardboard it gives me the jeebs. <laughs> yeah. like for those people who have uh, misophonia it's like misophonia for my tongue <laughs> yeah. I gotta use the like anyway but
1: the, I mean the, right but it, I mean if you think about like what, what people were drinking out of and what you're right businesses were using 10 or even 20 20 years ago it's like we've made huge strides as an industry in that and it's just it continues to be like how can we pursue better in little steps little by little by little and that adds up to big change over time
2: and it'll be maybe the cool thing is that we all have a lane that we lean into that helps there it's like you might have one that's different than mine that's different than yours right but the three of us focus on something that as a whole is better and that's where the whole industry in the world should generally find their place. You don't have to jump on a trend. You can find your version of this too.
0: Yeah, dude, I fucking love that shit because right? I can't do it all. The, yeah, the pressure for everybody to be everything to everybody is just way too much. Can't and do it. This is where I stand. It's like <laughs> I care about the environment and that I, you know, I want everything to continue on, I but like that's green. that's not my that's not my super big passion. Like the other the portion of sustainability that I described prior, with uh, mental health and human beings, like starting there, that's what I'm excited about. Mm. I don't think I should feel like a piece of shit because I'm not a you know partying with Greenpeace or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I mean? No, no, your your right, undies but aren't falling but apart. Like we need right that now. collective action, too,
1: because because it will negatively affect your mental health and ne- negatively affect my mental health. Last year, in like in that, if we as a society aren't doing the things to Improve the climate and the situation. It's like the wildfires being here in like California. The wildflowers, the wild wildflowers, no, the wildflowers are beautiful, (laughs) beautiful, super fucking beautiful. Uh, No, the wildfires, you know, specifically last year that like forced me out of my like to evacuate my home with my family, and so many people in California. It's like that will get worse and worse, and that will have a negative effect on. Everyone's mental health. Absolutely.
0: But the other way works too. Whereas if you have a society full of people who are so burnt out, disengaged, and Mm. don't give a fuck, they're not going to be excited or even energized to be able to work on the bigger problems of the world. When they're just barely surviving, people are barely getting by, people hate their jobs, people are going to do the minimum amount of work because I can't fucking think about the environment when I can't feed my fucking family. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck out of here, dude. I'm like so, <laughs> so stressed out. Like, but how is that even but possible? I think that,
1: but I think those are the huge strides that we're making as a society because, like, so my, and you're just seeing it everywhere where my neighbor, like, uh, she just graduated from UCSC, she's going to UC Davis, and. Her like master's and potentially her PhD is like it's gonna be in like um, alternative energy systems. Yeah, and for sure, again, ten or twenty years ago, those masters and those education programs didn't exist. Sure, so you're you're like arming these whole. Armies? No. <laughs> You're creating Super soldiers. These power armies. <laughs> yeah. Mirakuru. You're creating these whole groups of people who are pursuing these paths to improve sustainability and to improve the world that we've never had before. Yeah. To absolutely. Where it doesn't have to, where it shouldn't feel so weighty to every individual person. I, I
0: hope so. And then I'm just to like tie it all off, going back into what Jared said, is if we can get in a place where we come together as a group of individuals who can attack this as a team. I don't need to feel guilty yeah. that my number one priority isn't saving the forests. Right. And someone else whose number one priority isn't like everyone's like mental health and well-being. You know yeah. what I mean? You can have a collection of people that are working on a complex problem from all sides. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: Because we do have people at Cat Cloud that are passionate about the environment. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, it's like, and right, it's like all the cups and everything's are compostable. We'll get like our bag in place where we have like a recyclable bag yes. program. We'll be doing,
0: you know, we'll be doing these things that we can feel good that and, are good. And that's like, undeniably good. And yeah. I think that's awesome. And I totally back that. Yeah. And I. We can do boom. like,
1: we can do one and. Right. Right. Well, if someone Box asked me, what
0: are you doing? I would be on that tip, I would be like, I actually don't know. Yeah, you know, if someone's handling it. It's not really my thing, even though I'll, I'm one of the owners of the business. But you know, but you're more like passionate me. about it than I am. What but, I can tell you is that I'm putting all my food into a compost bucket and throwing it in the green bin, not the, the trash yeah. anymore.
2: And that's yeah. one step that I do totally right aside from the other stuff that i do right there's
1: <laughs> all these little steps that have been integrated into our business lives and our personal lives that are positive steps in the right direction that we didn't have
2: we do compost our, our coffee in our chapter, yeah, which yeah. we used to not do i mean yep coffee back when we first started yep.
1: we just we keep going there okay yes yeah, just evolution. little steps and it builds up over time
2: we're really sustainable
0: Thanks for listening to y'all. This podcast is an extension of our mission to inspire connection by creating memorable experiences. If you want to get more acquainted with what we do, you can go on over to catandcloud.com. There you'll find a little bit of everything. If you want coffee, we got coffee there. If you want to be directed to some other magic media, basically it's your hub for all things cat and cloud. If you want to dive in on a deeper level, We do have a Patreon. It's $5 a month, about the price of a latte each month. You get a peek behind the scenes of what we do here, unpacking some of the ideas that we talk about during this podcast, rants and raves, Q&As, Jared and I just talking shit together. Biased opinion, yes, but I think it's a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. Go out and inspire someone to do something amazing. Bye.